Welcome into the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. It's Josh Peace joined again with Carson Gordy. Uh, Carson, 38-6 win against Wyoming to start off the year. You were on the field. What was it like? I was on the field, and, you know, the energy was pretty good. The student section was pretty packed. Um, the team was super fired up to get out there. It was nice here, the marching band. And they won by 32 points. Like, it's hard to complain about a team that, you know, wins by 32. I think Brett Bielema has created a culture and identity where they're going to get ready for games. Like I can't imagine this program sleeping on Iowa and losing 63, nothing, you know, last year with the UTSA, that was a phenomenal roadrunners team, you know, went 12 and two had Barry Lenny as offensive coordinator. So for the 10 point spread, that's all it was Illinois, Wyoming. I thought that was super low. So I was not surprised that Illinois covered. I just have some questions about the passing game. I think that was the one area where Illinois needs to improve. If they want to succeed in big 10 play. For sure. And along with Brett Bielema, you know, creating that like culture, you know, having his team ready with that comes more fans. And we definitely saw that on Saturday. This was a non-conference game, three o'clock weird time. And coming from someone that was in the student section, it was about 95% full and it was electric for at least the first half. The energy was really there. Like you could really feel like the hype kind of that we've had in uh, week zero against Nebraska, 2019, also Nebraska type of game. So Shout out to Brett for, you know, not only having the team ready, but creating a culture in Champaign that is not what we're used to against or, you know, going back to like the Lovey Smith years. And just what a nice opening drive. Yeah. I mean, you reward the fans. A nice run by Chase Brown, then find him in the end zone for a touchdown. I mean, that was picture perfect how to start the game. I thought they were going to put up like 45, like strong points. Yeah. I thought they were going to throw it around the football field. But, you know, they relied on a lot of the quick passing game, which isn't the worst thing because that's something that Tony Peterson didn't do last year. I like how we can actually go back to the first, like, seconds of the game because it was a great uh, kickoff return yes. uh, by Illinois special teams group that might be better on the receiving end than we probably thought. But you're right. Initially, I was actually running a tad bit late to the game, so I didn't, you know, get to start watching until Wyoming had the ball. But first, looks like I'm getting texts from a couple of my dad's friends who went to Illinois, like, oh, I'm smelling roses. What about that start? And then I come in, I don't see a touchdown for, you know, like 30, 35 minutes of real time. And it was frustrating, but I like that they were able to pick it up in the second half. But the root of all of this is that Illinois didn't have to do much. This was not a good Wyoming team. This was not a good Wyoming team. They were gutted. I mean, they lost their All-American linebacker, a lot of defense linemen gone, new corners, and their quarterback play was just not very strong. No. But he was a good scrambler. I mean, he could pick up some yards on the ground, but he was not a threat as a passer. So I don't, it's just hard for me to think that this performance over Wyoming means we're going to win seven games because it's possible that Wyoming goes three and nine. I mean, yeah. they are a very inexperienced team. Yeah, they are. I mean, you can never complain too much about a team winning yeah. 38 to six, but there's a couple things that go along with this. Wyoming was a very young team with, you know, transfers left and right. Uh, their quarterback was one of those people, you know, they did not have a good receiving core, which it goes into Peasley going five for 20 and having 30 total yards, like 30 passing yards in an FBS game. That's crazy. But, you know, on the offensive side for Illinois, and we're going to say it's a ton, they really didn't open up the playbook that much. Like they weren't going too deep on balls. Their runs were simple and like 200, what, 60 rush yards on very simple plays. You got to feel good about that. But like we said, it all goes back to Wyoming just not being a very visibly good football team right now. But I I did like the rhythm, Yeah, you know, like they get up to the line pretty quickly, you know, hike it, get a five-yard pass, get a five-yard run. You know, it was like the death of a thousand cuts. 
you know, for the Wyoming defense. It just like some areas though, like, you know, Hightower made some pretty big catches, but Isaiah, that that's one thing I think we should talk about. I mean, he did not really do that great in open space, seven catches, 26 yards. You know, that's 3.8 yards, you know, a catch that that's not going to cut it in big 10 play. Yeah, no, it, it really didn't. And I think there was some emphasis on getting the, I want to, I would like to call it the second tier trio because Pat Bryant, Brian Hightower and Casey Washington are clearly the three receivers after Isaiah that are going to start. And it was nice to see, you know, them get involved. Casey Washington is clearly a big hands guy, right? He's right. not going to go deep and he's not fast. But one thing he can get you is a gritty mid-game catch that can get you a first down. That was good. Pat Bryant ran some real routes, had a touchdown. That's good. Ryan Hightower, we liked what we saw out of him. Didn't really open the playbook much for his play style at all. He should have had a big touchdown catch that DeVito missed him on in the first half. But like you said, going back to Isaiah, did he probably – no, did he get the play calls that he might have wanted in, you know, a big game? No, but there is things to be concerned about. And one of those is his hands. He dropped at least one ball that should have been a catch in a big game. And you can get away with it against Wyoming, but in a game like next week against Indiana, it's not something you can get away with. No. And uh, one thing that I would like to see this offense incorporate more of is tight end action. Yeah. I feel like that was kind of missing. Well, big time under, you know, Peterson, huge under Lovey Smith, like really dropped the ball with Luke Ford and uh, Daniel Barker who transferred to Michigan state. So yeah, I want Ford, you know, and I want uh, Riemann, you know, to be incorporated in this offense because those are hard guys to defend. They're yeah. too fast for a linebacker, pretty big for the secondary. Tip had one catch, 12 yards, decent. Luke Ford did not have a reception. I think, by the way, that Luke Ford was coming off some sort of setback and he was on the field, yeah. but it doesn't surprise me that he was limited. And again, we don't know how how many plays were even run to get the tight ends of the ball because that's not a simple play by any means. Obviously, like, it's not rare for a tight end to catch a pass or anything like right. that, but it's more, it's not as simple as some people might think. So I just don't think we can tell a ton about how little the tight ends were involved, but I totally agree with you on the point that they need to be, if Illinois wants to have a complete passing game this year. Yeah. But you like DeVito, right? I do yeah. like DeVito. Um, I liked what I saw in the sense that he didn't botch as many plays as he could have. He had two real throws on his touchdown passes. He did not throw an interception. His decision-making was good. It was strong, and that was one of his assets at Syracuse. You know, maybe he didn't always play well under pressure. Maybe he didn't find the open man. But he was not an interception machine. You know, he's not going to make, you know, the costly pick six that often. So I thought that was incredible. And for this Illinois team, you know, if this offense line can make holes for Chase Brown – we can get consistent six-yard quick passing plays. Like, yeah, this is a team that can beat a Minnesota. This is a team that can beat Indiana. Northwestern, phenomenal win against Nebraska. Credit to them. But Illinois should beat Northwestern. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, DeVito was he, – he wasn't super efficient on balls thrown 10-plus yards, but that's because a lot of those were throwaways, which I like, by the way, especially against a team like Wyoming. He didn't try and force anything to try and get some extra yards or an extra touchdown. He um, – he simply just threw the ball away, which we like. Sometimes we saw Brandon Peters, you know, maybe make a bad decision in that sense. But I like how DeVito acted in the pocket. It's not like Wyoming has a defensive line that's, you know, has any All-Americans yeah. or anything like that. But his pocket presence was good, and he didn't make any dumb decisions. Now, do we love the performance we saw out of DeVito? No, but he wasn't happy with himself either. Exactly. Like, after the game, you know, he was talking about how he's going to be critical. Like, you think he wanted to throw – 
you know, five yard average. No, in college football, it, that should be eight, nine, 10 yards, you know, per attempt, because that means you get big plays that boost up the number. Mm-hmm. Five yards is pretty mediocre. Yeah. You know, if you're only throwing for five yards passing attempt against Michigan, that secondary is going to knock the ball out of you. You know, you're not going to be getting first downs. Like if we try to replicate this offensive game plan against the Wolverines, against Iowa, they probably don't score more than 14 points. No, probably not. Probably not, yeah. And like we saw during the spring game that Lunny likes to get the ball in his playmaker's hands. We didn't see that as much today, but we also did see that at UTSA. But we saw it in the run game because Chase Brown had 19 carries and he, you know, dominated 151 yards, two touchdowns. And then in the receiving game, he had a touchdown too. He was the like, Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week tied with Alinsky is his name out of Northwestern. Yeah, so quarterback. it's cool to see that. And it's cool to see Lonnie get him the ball a lot. But again, he didn't do anything. Like it, it wasn't like they ran in these complicated plays or anything. It was all pretty basic. Yeah, it was basic. Uh, at times, it reminded me of Charlotte. But, yeah. you know, the team also showed depth at running back. So unfortunately, Josh McCray is probably going to be out. Yeah, he'll be out against Indiana. Brad Bielema announced uh, in his Monday press conference that McCray will not be with them this week, and he doesn't know the longevity of the injury. I hope, by the way, he was acting on the sidelines that it's only one week and they might just be being cautious because you have that depth, like you said, like Chase Brown and Reggie Love. Reggie Love was, and also Chase Hayden was pretty good too. Chase Hayden played well, but Reggie Love was explosive at times. He, he was. Had, he had that really nice touchdown and – he is a guy that, you know, out of – he's from St. Louis, right? Reggie right? Love. Reggie Love. I think so. Yeah, he's it, he's not too far. I don't know if yeah. it's which side of the border it's on, but you got the region right. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, he, he could be fantastic. I mean, legitimately, there are three really good running backs on this team, and that's something that national pundits respect about Illinois' offense. DeVito, you know, he can play very well, but he's going to have to prove to doubters that he can succeed in a yeah. major conference because, you know, like it or not – the quarterback, you know, the buck stops with him a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And the Syracuse tenure sometimes, you know, makes him look pretty badly yeah. with, with the national media. We can't speak right now to whether or not DeVito has more playmakers uh, than he did at Syracuse. But one thing he does have, even though this group didn't have the best game, is he does have a better offensive line. Better offensive line, and I, I will say better running backs, but definitely the offensive line. This was one of his first games ever in college football history for him that he was not sacked. Yeah. And he was talking about how that helps him with the reads. It helps him calm down a lot. Like it, it was a pleasant surprise for him not being constantly beat up by the defensive line. Granted, it's only Wyoming, but when he was at Syracuse, it didn't matter who they played. Yeah. He was going to get knocked around. So overall for the Illinois offense, I think that obviously there were things they could have done better. And Lunny and Bielema and DeVito have all been critical of that. Luckily, Isaiah, who went down with a cramp, isn't. Uh, fully injured and they had 38 points really through the first part of the fourth quarter so despite the fact that we didn't see everything we liked and that they were going against a mediocre if not bad Wyoming defense I think it's encouraging that they could have scored 45 50 points they look conditioned too so I think a big part well it was 17-3 at halftime yeah I texted you I didn't like the offense. No, and I said, this, yeah. Uh, yeah, we were thinking the exact same thing. It was not a good first half. No, it looked sloppy. It was about a D plus, C minus for sure, it was besides a, the first drive. Yeah, the first drive was fantastic, but it looked like an outlier. Like, I was not happy with the offense. But over time, they did wear Wyoming down. Yeah. Like, the trenches, they didn't get tired with the tempo. You know, the running game really stepped it up. So maybe this is a team that is like a 15-round, you know, fighter in, in, in the boxing area. And yeah. they can just wear down a team like in Indiana, hopefully. 
because the second drive from the third quarter on, and even that first drive for the backups, uh, Reggie Love, Art Sikowski got some time in there, and we saw receivers like Hank Beattie, who I like getting in there, get some playing time. Um, they really look good for that period of time. So it's nice to see they made adjustments. Very long. Yeah, we, we've heard he's very good at making adjustments. We saw it last year in Memorial Stadium. And we saw it today against Wyoming. I think that's encouraging. Um, busy wide receiver room. So like you said, hopefully with this depth at wide receiver, though, you know, we can't expect these freshman guys to have you know, huge impacts yet. It's nice to know that the coaching's good and there is a little bit of depth in the running back room and the receiver. I'll just say this, like if Illinois won somehow 38 to six last year, they didn't. Usually it was like a 24, 14. Yeah. But we never saw Brandon Peters throw it 37 times. No. Like if it was a blowout, you know, they were pretty much just running the ball up the middle. Mm -hmm. Credit Lunny for getting his wide receivers experience with the quick passing game. I mean, 12 different players caught a pass. Yep. Like that was impressive for me. Like, you know, practice the passing game because even if you're up by a lot, you need that to keep the defense honest. And Lonnie understands that. Yeah, for sure. I'm really excited for him to open up his playbook more next week against yeah. Indiana. Let's shift to the defensive side of the ball, which probably Carson overall is a grade. I'm looking at like the B plus A minus range. I yeah. think it was great. I think there were, you know, some struggles on the D line. The linebackers didn't have to do much. We didn't see a ton there. But the group that stood out by far who gets an A rating is the defensive backs. Yeah, defensive backs, like, hate to say Peasley's not that strong of a quarterback, but I don't care how bad you play. Yeah. If you only have 30 yards on 20 attempts, I mean, you got to credit the defense. I mean, they did not allow Wyoming to gain separation. You know, they applied good pressure. But the only part for me that was a little alarming was the quarterback runs. Yeah, and that's where I think the outside linebackers and defensive line, you know, criticism comes from. We had a couple bad reads out of those outside yeah. linebackers, I think. Seth Coleman might have had a bad one, one or two guys on the D line, but you had those DBs and linebackers there. You know, we're talking Devon Witherspoon, Quinn Martin, uh, Calvin Hart, Tariq Barnes, you know, pick up where they missed. So you're right. Th there was some bad things on the QB spy part of things, but the defensive backs, I mean, Devon Witherspoon with uh, an interception at the end of the game, even the second stringers drop two interceptions yeah, dude, so I, the dbs were really good and my the point i want to make about this is i don't know if you heard devon weatherspoon's uh breakdown of his pick he said it was all scouting like ryan walters scouted like how their routes were and how the receivers acted perfectly so the second he got into a certain position he was like oh this ball's coming he turned around boom he's got it and he picked it off it's impressive for weatherspoon it's impressive for walters walters you know he showed on saturday this is why he gets paid the big bucks I mean, they made good adjustments with the quarterback read options. There's new faces, and they looked like they were flying to the ball. Third down defense was phenomenal for this Illinois defense. One of the reasons why I'm kind of back and forth on Illinois' final record, you know, five and seven, six and six, whatever it is, is because I didn't know if the, the defense could replicate what they did last year. But, you know, after this week, I know it's Wyoming, but I do feel more confident that Walters will develop a gameplay that, you know, works for specific teams. Ryan Walters knows how to scout. Yeah. We didn't see it early last year with UTSA and Virginia, but the way he scouted teams after that was so incredibly impressive. Can we expect him to have the same plan for Indiana, who has a ton of transfers in and hasn't played a game yet? Probably not. Right. But look at how he scouted a team like Wyoming that's also full of transfers. And it was game one for both teams. Yeah. So I think that's really impressive. And we got to remember last year, like the Lovey Smith defense was horrible. 
I mean, the COVID year, I think they gave up 37 points a game. It was really bad. It was really bad. It was north of 35 for sure. It was was north of 35. So Ryan Walters, week two with a bunch of Lovey Smith players, don't know his defense, you know, 100%, like they aren't confident. Yeah, it makes sense that UTSA, a 12-2 and team, put up 37 points. Yeah. But Illinois had two bad defensive outings all last year, Virginia and UTSA. So – as this team gets more confident, as Ryan Walters, you know, continues to dial up pressure, they could have one of the premier, you know, defenses in the conference, at least top half. That's what they need to make a bowl. I really hope it would be the top half. Uh, it's just the DBs, like I said, really excite me. Between Witherspoon, Sidney Brown, you have Martin. Juan Martin. Like I said, had a really good yeah. game. Like, it's really encouraging because some of those guys haven't produced in the past, by the way, especially Quan Martin. So to see that's good. And we know the talents there on the defensive line. You know, Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph, Seth Coleman, uh, Calvin Avery is another guy yeah, that I think good. has a ton of potential. And we've seen positives out of the rest of the linebacker group, too. I like to focus on Calvin Hart Jr., C.J. Hart, and uh, Tariq Barnes. So even though, you know, the D-line and linebacker group didn't have to do much, and, you know, we kind of talked about this before, running plays on defense seems like a weird thing to say, but they didn't open up their defensive playbook a ton either. Like I said, it was very simple for the linebackers. So we're not going to know much about the group. Like I said, Wyoming might win three games. They might win seven games. Who knows? Maybe we'll get a better read on both their team and our defense by the middle of the year. But it's it's encouraging regardless. Encouraging regardless. The team played clean. For I'd say the later part. No, I got to take that back. No, they had two really bad penalties on sports penalty conduct. And they did have a couple holding penalties early, you know, that got in the way. I asked my friend if he thought that was because of the tempo. He just thought maybe they were just a little too excited to play. Maybe, yeah. yeah. And one of the big penalties was an unsportsman like on Witherspoon's interception because right. they were so freaking excited. Which, you know what, against Wyoming, you can get away with it. Yeah. It's just something, you know, it's about maturity. You want to act like you've been there. Yeah. And hopefully Brett Bielema, who likes to talk about success, won three straight Big Ten championships at Wisconsin, you know, wants to be a winner in Illinois, can instill that into his own team. Because you can't do that. Like, you intercept a ball in the big house, and you get a 15-yard penalty. Yeah, kills like, you. That would look really bad. Like we said, hopefully it was just maybe not jitters, maybe not nerves, but just excitement for playing. Yeah. You know, game one, like, interception in an area like that, it's your first game. Devon Weatherspoon's first one of the year, the team's first one of the year with a packed student section. Like, I get them being excited. And hopefully you hope Walters and Kevin Kane and Andy Boo and all these, like, D.C.-level guys that have experience probably sat him down and was like, Hey, sideline, like that's not happening yet. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, I like it. I like it too. I think this team has energy. Brett Bleem was confident about the team. It just pretty much, I'm going to go, it's like last year. The passing game doomed the bowl chances. Yeah. So this year, wide receivers need to get more separation. Uh, DeVito has to make those deep shots, and they will make a bowl game. This is a team that can win seven games. Uh, last part we got to discuss is the special teams yeah. area. Let's start with the worst of the two main spots, and that is Caleb Griffin in the kicking game. Hey, made a 27-yard field goal, but he did miss two field goals that would have given Illinois a more comfortable lead. I think we underestimated how much McCourt meant to this program. Yeah, two, the two that Caleb Griffin missed, one you can't be that mad about. That's a 51-yarder. He had the leg. He just didn't have yeah. the uh, – the location of it but the 41 yarder which was i mean it was sort of close but you've really got to be make that at yeah. the division one level especially in the big Ten. you got to make that because that is the difference between close games yeah you're playing iowa it's 14 13 
you got to make those field goals. You can make it into a two possession game. Like those are the difference between winners and losers. Of course you want to score touchdowns all the time, but there's going to be times where you need that field goal kicker to really step up. And when we had McCourt who can make 50 yard field goals, like that, that was a huge asset for Illinois' program. And it helps Lovey Smith big time in uh, 2019. I think kickers are a lot like closers in baseball. Mental. How many games, yeah. it's mental, and how many games come down to single digits or within three points? I mean, Nebraska would sure as hell tell you last year, you need a good kicker. Yeah. Like that, that can be the difference in a game. So luckily it was only week zero, game one for Caleb Griffin's his first game as a starter. But it, it wasn't I – mean, it wasn't encouraging by wasn't, any means. Wasn't you hope he improves yeah. on it. We're, we're hoping that he had his bad game of the year at the right time. Yeah, and right now it, he kind of seems like our only hope. I mean, there, I don't think there's like a clear guy to step up, you know, and save for the program. You know, there's not a free agent out there that we can sign. Yeah. So Caleb's just going to have to get better and more consistent over time. And big part of it's mental. Hopefully he gets there. Here's something that was really good. Hugh Robertson, the punter. Yeah, freshman. He was great. Yeah, he's a he's an old freshman too. He's another foreign guy, but uh, after having you know being blessed with Blake Hayes for yeah. four years, we have another very very good punter on our hands. And that's a big thing in college football: outsourcing for kickers. I mean, those uh those guys in Australia, those other countries, they got some likes. Yeah, so that was that was encouraging. I mean, you need a good punter. Every team knows that. Uh, Jim Trestle of Ohio State, the biggest play in college football is the punt. If you guys watch the Nebraska Northwestern game. I mean, the game changed. Nebraska goes up 7 nothing right away. And then Northwestern, the next drive, pins them on the one-yard line. Yeah. And it changed the whole game. Yeah. Like, it looked like Nebraska was going to route them. But that field position really helped Northwestern, you know, steal yeah. a victory. As far as returns goes, uh, very first play of the game, right? Peyton Vining started the game with a great return, and his one other kickoff was very good, too. So I think it's nice to have a guy in the kick return receive yards. I think that Illinois barely ever returned kicks last year, and he might have already had more yards today post-25-yard line than Illinois had, like, all year last year. And then I think Isaiah is usually back in the punt returns, and Cody Case came in and muffed two punts. Luckily, he got them back, but... That's not good, so hopefully Isaiah stays healthy. But the return game for the two starters, uh, punt returner one, kick returner one, was really cool too. It was cool. And, again, that's field position. Yeah. You know, that really helps an offense that, you know, needs to get into rhythm. So, overall, pretty good game. You win by 32, fix the passing game, fix the quarterback runs, you know, defensively, you know, contain those. And we're looking at a pretty good ball club. Yeah, and I know that we're not going to, you know, talk – much besides this about the Indiana game this Friday right now. But like you said, if you fix up those two things, having to face another inexperienced team and in Indiana going 0-9 in the Big Ten last year, should win. if you clean things up, you you got to like your chances. I know Indiana is going to have momentum. They have an extra week of scouting. You could determine you know, pretty ambiguously whether that's a positive or a negative for them. But like you said, clean a couple things up. Isaiah's healthy. You're losing McCray, but you've already got a good run room. DeVito was mad at himself. So if he, you know, picks up his mistakes and they open the playbook a little bit, I really like the chances against Indiana solely based on what we saw on Saturday. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's podcast, Carson. We will be back later this week to preview Indiana. Hopefully we have a guest on there, but that'll do it for today. Thank you everyone for listening. This has been the Daily Alliance.